0: Father, I'm very thankful for the obedience of the heart to come to gather together to the Word of God, and that, Lord, as we hear it, it raises an ensign or a standard in our hearts, a standard of faith, because we believe, knowing that that believing gives us access by grace into the kingdom of heaven. And knowing that that is your desire for us, that we will gather together to hear the word of God and know that you are God and that you are establishing great things for your people. Father, we know that you sent your son Jesus Christ to prepare a place for us. And now let us in, let us enter in by, f- by the faithfulness of believing to know our place in heaven, our place in you, and that, Lord, in that place we operate as a son of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to speak from the basis of Ephesians the 3rd chapter and the thing that is so important for us to hear and that is how Christ is making intercession for us because he loves us and that the power of that intercession is to be known in the heart and what is to bring and what it's bringing forth in this day of salvation so it starts out i'm going to read to you um from Ephesians the third chapter, starting with verse one. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, I, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing to be a prisoner of the Lord, mm-hmm. and sometimes we get frustrated with it because it, we, it's like, well, I need, I want to go do this, but I can't, because I need to be in church, or I, I need to be here. I want to be here. I want to do something else. I mean, those are the thoughts that work within but we are prisoners of the lord if we have if we believe god and as a prisoner of the lord i am called and chosen to perform as god sees fit that's my choice that's my faithfulness that i have that's been imparted to me in jesus christ for this reason i paul a prisoner of jesus christ on behalf of you gentiles assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of god's grace that was given to me for you so Peter was sent to the circumcision, right? To the Jew. Paul was sent to the Gentile. Paul was raised up to finish Peter so that Peter's world could be saved, both Jew and Gentile. So in the crucifixion, when Christ was crucified, why did Christ uh, willingly be crucified? Why was that? So that the wall of partition between Jew and Gentile would be would come tumbling down and that the world would be saved not just the jew but also the gentile so every thought every soul that exists in the father could be saved so the jew in his mind what did how what was the jewish mind towards the gentile they hated them they would not allow them in they didn't want to they didn't want to have anything to do with them they stood they In their minds, they stood separated and above them in their thought. And so they wanted nothing to do with them. So God raises up Peter as an apostle to preach to the Jew. And God raises up Paul as an apostle to preach to the Gentile. And Paul was the finisher of Peter. Peter needed that apostle to be raised up to preach to the Gentile the good word of of God. And the world could now be saved in Jesus Christ. It's awesome the way the story works. It's powerful. So let me go on. How the mystery was made known unto me by revelation, as I have written briefly. So let's go back to, let's go forward in that, how the revelation of the mystery was made known to me so Paul is on the backside of the desert for how long? Fourteen years, it says in the book of Galatians. When he was on the backside of the desert, separated under the gospel of Jesus Christ, how did God talk to him? Does anybody know how God spoke to him? Did he speak to him in spirit and in truth? Did he take him up into a place? Let's let's read it. Let's go there and read it for just a moment. I wish I had brought my... so I wouldn't have to keep flipping, keep flipping back and forth, but here we go. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. So this version says it this way. I must go on. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. So I'm not boasting, but it is expedient that that this has happened to me. It was necessary that this happened. Apostolically, there are things that happen to set me apart as an apostle, to give me revelation of Jesus Christ, that I might be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says this, It's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows. And such a one uh, caught up to the third heaven. So now we're talking about that which sets him apart, In the revelation of Jesus Christ that he might preach the gospel. Can I preach a gospel that I have known that I do not understand? Certainly not. So I want to preach a gospel that God hath come, given me the revelation of, and if I have revelation, now I understand the gospel. I understand all things in Christ Jesus. So it becomes apparent that the revelation is necessary. Have you heard that before? Right? So... In prophecy, we know that we are going to come to the understanding of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's our hope. And anyone that doesn't have that hope in them, shame on you. Because that hope is there for your sake. Some people say, well, I know the apostles got it. I know the deacons are, have been put in a place to receive it. But as for me, you know, I'm just what I am. Not true. Not true. God is no respecter of person, is He not? Doesn't the Bible say He is no respecter of person? So this is the part we get lost in ourselves because we look at it through the eyes of the flesh and not through the eyes of the Spirit. So we look at it as a place in time that if I don't get it now, I'll be forever lost. God did not desire me or God has not chosen me. That is not true. Because in the generations of Christ, if you are in the prophecy of Jesus Christ, and this is why it's been spoken to you this way, is that in those generations, will you come to a place where you receive the revelation of Jesus Christ? Say amen. It's true. That's why we want to believe God even now, because in that time and place that we know not, we will receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. So if I look at the Old Testament, God prophesied to to Abram that his seed would go into captivity, right? How long did it take for uh, Abraham's seed to go into captivity uh, into Egypt? 400 years. So anybody in this room going to l- live for 400 years and see the seed of God go into captivity? No. No, but did Abraham believe God was it counted in for righteousness so that if you believe God, what God says, is it going to come to pass in you? It is. We just look at ourselves from a wrong perception, not from the perception of spirit. We look at ourselves from the basis of flesh and we want to subject or submit God to the timing of our flesh. And God does not submit Himself to the timing of your flesh. He doesn't do it. He already knows. And it's really hard for our, us to grasp that in the Spirit, isn't it? And so we want to, conf- we want to confine God to our time and space. And God says, ah, No, I want you to, to allow me to make you a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And as a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I will bring you into my time, my space, which is eternity, and I will work the word of God in you and cause you to begin to see what I have chosen for you. When did God ordain it? When you were born or from the foundations of the world? The Bible says he purposed it from the foundations of the world so that when you were born, it was already set. Isn't that awesome? So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful, working, always praying, ever making intercession for us according to the will of God. And that's the part we want to hear. So who's the intercessor? Jesus Christ is our intercessor. He's the mediator between God and man. And so when we look at it uh, from the aspect of Christ, our intercessor then all of a sudden everything that God has said comes into play for those who believe God. All of it. Not just parts of it, not just certain aspects of it, but now even the love that God has for you is now made known in you. It's being revealed. So how would we ever raise our children in the Lord if we didn't, be, if we didn't have a, a perception of the love of God for us if we, that's been imparted unto us, how would we ever share it with our children if we didn't know what it was? Would you raise your children for Jesus Christ if an aspect of God's love had not been imparted unto you by His Word? You wouldn't do it because you would have no basis to do it. But because you have been given a basis through faith to understand the love of God for us, for you, you can now share with your children that which is the desire of your heart. I find that to be awesome. So if I begin to speak to my children about Jesus Christ, about the love he has for them, where does it come from? It comes from my understanding of what God hath given me from heaven. That's where it comes from. I didn't invent it. God assigned it to me in a place of time that I might raise my children unto the things of God. Let me go on. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows, such a one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. So, this is the part that I find so awesome. So, we have heard the elders speak many things that we do not understand, right? But what did the Apostle just say? Didn't he say that from heaven we hear unspeakable things that that are hard to understand? Correct? The important part is that because we have been filled with the faithfulness of God and we believe in Jesus Christ, that through that belief is the understanding going to come? And the answer to that is yes. The answer is that you will come to visions and revelations in Christ Jesus. Now, the timing of it is the part you may not understand, but who understands? God does. Okay. So now let me go back to Ephesians, the third chapter. And I'll I'll read it starting with the third verse. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. So what age are you in? Do you know what age you're in? Do you want to know what age you're in? Other than being almost 68 years old. That's not the age we're talking about. We're talking about the timing of God. So what age are you in? Are you in the dispensation of the law? Are you in the dispensation of grace through Jesus Christ? Are you in the dispensation of revelation? Which, Which age are you in? You know, there are many. And you have to walk in all of them. And all of them are going to define the thought you are in when it comes to the revelation of the Word of God. Every one of them. So, if we, when I was in uh, the church I was in before, it, we were taught the dispensations of God. The interesting thing to me is that how people describe those dispensations are very theological rather than revelatory. So if I discuss them theologically, I can break them down to dispensation of Adam, the dispensation of Abraham, the dispensation of Moses, the dispensation of the law and the prophets, the, the dispensations of the ordinance of David, the, on and on and on. I can break break you into all these different dispensations that are in the Word of God. But I find those to be more theological than I do uh, revelationary. Because if, I, if God brings me into it by revelation, do I not know the time and place that God has put me in to understand where I am at in Him? He does. He makes it very well known. So, is God going to bring you into the place where you begin to see your sin and know you need to repent? I will tell you this. When God begins to work that way in you, you are in a time a place by the revelation of Jesus Christ to know that repentance is at hand. Actually, that repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So God has ordained a place and a time for those things to begin to work in you. And I'm going to tell you today that that time and place for you and those things is now. God has put you in a place where those things become now to you. It becomes what God is doing in your thoughts to save you to where you begin to understand what is being revealed in Christ Jesus now for you. Here's the part we don't want to do is get ahead of God. doesn't work. In fact, we'll even put ourselves in a place of jealousy, thinking that we should be a deacon or an apostle or an elder or something greater than what we are because we see somebody else as that. What we don't understand is that by the power of God, he has you where he needs you. Did you hear what I said? He has you where he needs you. So Rick asked, Rick asked a question several months, maybe a year ago now, where uh, Dan uh, took some time and interviewed Rick. Remember those? And Rick asked this question of everyone who was listening. Do you know what God's need is? Because God has you in a place where He needs you. And when we're determined in ourselves to be someplace else other than what God hath set forth in us where He needs us, we miss it. And we begin to strive with the Word of God. And when we strive with the Word of God, we are not helping God and we're certainly not helping ourselves. Can you say amen? And that strife becomes so great in us that we're trying to become something greater than what, than what we are in the Lord that we overcome ourselves. And we'll even come to the place where we want to take ourselves out and remove ourselves from what God has said. How many have been in that place? Come on, be faithful to me. Don't lie. Because it's true. That's what we do. Because we... Yeah, we have a false expectation. We don't understand what God, we don't understand spiritual things. And so we want to reduce everything that we hear to the to the body of flesh. And that's how we work it. We put ourselves in a place that was not ordained to the Father. Let me go on. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Know ye for a fact that, how many know that the Spirit is working? Whether we understand it or not, the Spirit is working. God is working. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. That's the revelation that came to Paul. That the Gentiles should be saved. That there's no separation by the Word of God between Jew and Gentile that that wall was taken down when Christ was crucified, that Jew and Gentile, in other words, the whole world, that hears the gospel of Jesus Christ can be saved. And that becomes very important and very effectual in you. Well, I I love the Jews. I love the Gentiles. You don't even understand what they really fully are, right? We don't get it. What's a Gentile thought? How does it work? A Gentile thought is a thought that that what? Doesn't know God. Or so, by perception, we think it doesn't know God. Does God know the Gentile thought? He does, doesn't he? So, what does that have to do with my life? Everything. It has everything to do with your life. Because you were a Gentile thought. That's what you were you're not now because why? Why don't why aren't you now not a gentile? You believe in Jesus Christ, correct? And in prophecy, you've become what? A son, an aspect of God's own soul. So, was the gentile an aspect of God's own soul or did it have to be adopted in? Had to be adopted in by the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord. This is why it all becomes so profound and so needed in our world so that there's nothing being distinctly hidden in us from the the salvation that Jesus Christ procured for us through the gospel. And there's a lot of those things that we don't even understand in ourselves. We miss it. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So when we read the Bible, even in the New Testament, how many thoughts in the New Testament are Gentile thoughts? Were the Romans Gentiles? How about the Ephesians? How about the Galatians? How about the Thessalonians? They were all Gentile thoughts that Paul converted. And they all worked aspects of spiritual wickedness until they received the gospel of Jesus Christ, how about in the book of Revelation, in the in the uh, I, I believe it's the second church, the God, the uh, the works of the Nicolaitans, right? What did the Nicolaitans do? You know what they did? What was their work? they they, they sacrificed their own children. They killed their own children. They did all sorts of wickedness. And where were they at? Where were they revealed? In the church. This is the part where God wants to make it known in you. Who's the church? I am. Am I the body of Christ? So, by the Word of God are these things hidden in me. And do by the word of God, do they made, need to be revealed in me? I'm going to read uh, chapter two, verse one in the book of Revelation. And I want you to listen close closely unto the angel of the church. So now. The angel of the church, correct? So. The Eph- the church that is at Ephesus has an angel over it. Is that in you? Yes. It's, it's part of you. These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of, this, of the seven golden candlesticks who is Jesus Christ. I know your works. and I know your labor and your patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil and how you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars. So n- now all this provokings going forth in the church by the angel correct and he knows all their works he knows their thoughts how they've tried the apostles and found them to be what liars and has borne and has patience for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted nevertheless so all were those all those good things that were taking place there they were there by the i mean they were there were things that were established Establishing the church in Ephesus. And yet God said this. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because you have left. What? Your first love. Do you know how hindrances form in in our minds? We leave our first love. We put a lot of other things. In this life ahead of God. And in our minds, we create it to be far more important to us than loving God. What's the first commandment? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul and all thy strength. So if I love God that way, what is left for the things of the world? Nothing. Correct? So... God is our intercessor. God is praying because He knows the weakness of the flesh. He understands it far better than we understand it ourselves. So he, now He begins to send a word from heaven to reveal Jesus Christ. And in the revelation of Jesus Christ are these works not being made known that we might serve the Lord in the fullness of His power. He knows. He's revealing them. Remember, therefore. Oh, so now there's a remembrance coming. And He's sending the remembrance because why? Because He loves you. He he loved you before you loved Him. He loved you while you were yet sinner. He loved you from the foundations of the world. So He sends a remembrance to you of Christ Jesus and everything that Jesus has said. Remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly, and I will remove the candlestick out of its place, except you repent. So, let me ask you something. Do we repent once, or does repentance become our way of life? In the gospel of Jesus Christ. It becomes our way of life. Because the word of God. Every time the word is sent. It is sent to reveal. Sent to reveal Jesus Christ. And sent to reveal what we have need of. So even in the beginning. When Jesus Christ came. What did Jesus say? When he came out of Galilee, what was the first thing he said? Does anybody remember? I do. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He came calling the world unto repentance. The Jew first, and also the Gentile. All of it, unto repentance. Did Jesus sit with sinners? Why? Why did Jesus sit with sinners? He loved them. And what did he want to speak to them? A remembrance of who they are in him and why he loved them. A remembrance. A word from heaven to turn their hearts once again. Didn't he just say, Remember therefore from when you are fallen. What did you fall from? Did you not fall from grace? Did you not fall From the thought of God? Did you not choose to take another thought other than the thought God had provoked you to? So He comes by the word of His power with a remembrance to take you home again. That's how much He loves you. And that's just why Christ intercessed for you continuously. It is so awesome. It overwhelms me at times. I, I get tears in my eyes sometimes, just from the overwhelming love that, he, that the Father that the Father has for us. I'm going to go back to Ephesians and I'm going to start with verse 14, chapter 3 and 14. For this cause. So we've been talking about the revelation of the mystery and and the things that caused us to be overwhelmed and fall from the grace of god for this cause so when we outline the cause as being the the revelation of jesus christ to bring in the salvation of the gentile right that's why the apostle was sent for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. So what's the focus of God for you? The inner man. The Christ man. The new man. However you want to say it. The spirit man. The first Adam was of the earth, earthy. The second Adam is the Lord from heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter 15. So the second Adam is God's desire for you. For every aspect, both Jew and Gentile, in you become the work of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? That he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So all the knowledge in the world cannot do the work of Jesus Christ. As much as we think that we would love to think that it can, right? Man, I if, if I know every if I know every word in the Bible, I will have so much knowledge, I'll be able to speak the revelation of Jesus Christ doesn't work it does not work i was talking with my grandson a few weeks ago it's been a month ago now i guess and and uh he was saying that that's why the his the preachers in his church they spend a lot of time learning greek hebrew and latin and i looked at him and i said so let me ask you something i said do you really think that knowing greek Hebrew and Latin will help you know the workings of the Spirit of God in you? Probably not. I said, probably not. Probably not. You know what we need? We need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that He is Spirit, and He can transform me into his same image because that's how he created me in the beginning he can bring me back through the remembrance of the word of God and create me to be the same in spirit as God is in spirit can you say amen that's the working and the intercession of Christ for you and that's how much he loves you amen amen I hope you were provoked today by a word of God, a word from heaven that will cause you to seek after the Lord and to become a new creature. God bless you today.